Party people! Welcome once again to the Party of One podcast, the actual play RPG podcast where the gaming table is always set for two. I'm your host as always, Jeff Stormer. This week I am joined by Nick Robertson, GM of the Tabletop Squadron podcast, for a game of Feng Shui 2. Feng Shui is the role-playing game of Hong Kong action flicks, in which players take on the roles of heroes from across time and space in a multi-dimensional battle for control of the future. It's dope. It's one of my favorite games. We've played it before on the show, and I cannot wait for you to hear this episode. Tabletop Squadron is a Star Wars Edge of the Empire actual play podcast that publishes every other week about a group of scoundrels trying to stay under the Empire's radar. It's really fun. You can check it out at tabletopsquadron.com. And without any further ado, let's throw it over to me in the past so that he can get started with the show. Take it past me. Thanks, future me. This week, I am sitting down with Nick Robertson. Nick, thank you so much for coming on Party of One. Thanks for having me, Jeff. So, uh, real quick at the top of the show, why don't you take a moment and tell the audience at home about anything uh, you're working on that you want them to know about, any cool podcast you're part of, that sort of thing. Yeah, so uh, I'm Nick Robertson. I am the host and game master for uh, Tabletop Squadron. It is a Star Wars Edge of the Empire actual play podcast, so it gets a little Firefly, a little Star Wars, uh, got a bunch of alien rejects floating through the stars, learning about each other, and uh, mostly getting into a lot of trouble. Good stuff. I I love it. I love it a lot. (laughs) So this week on the show, we are playing Feng Shui 2, the genre-hopping, time-skipping game of Hong Kong action flicks. Uh, With that in mind, why don't you take a moment and introduce us to your character? Yeah, so my character is a spy named Milo Fulton. He is a extractionist expert, gets sent in to bring valuable target targets out. And uh, his his big deal is he was burned and now does this privately. He wear, has blonde, feathered, 70s-style hair and aviator sunglasses and always has his shirt half unbuttoned. Excellent. I lo- that's, that's a good that's a good 70s spy look. I love yeah. it, especially for a burned spy. That that says burned a spy to me. Yeah, he lost the tie. They took it away from him when he got kicked out. Give me your badge, your gun, and your tie. Yeah. <laughs> it's silk, and we paid a lot of money for it. Yeah, and then he kept the gun, so that tells you right. the priorities. Yeah. <laughs> so, the year is 1978. The Cold War is in full swing. Mutually assured destruction looms on both sides of the Iron Curtain. But that doesn't really matter to you, because you're on the outside. You've been burned, you've been doing this privately, a paycheck's a paycheck to you. However, tell me where you are when you get a call from your old boss. So, I think Milo's in a tiki bar, probably in Florida. Uh, There's a pretty view of white sands and blue water, but not that pretty. I don't think this is high budget enough to have like a Caribbean set. And he's sure, wearing sure. and he's wearing a, a open Hawaiian shirt and got he has a beer and he's just tilted back at the bar, staring at the ocean and ignoring the bartender asking about his his bill that's come due. Right, right, right. So I think what has happened here is uh, there is a person has come. A person has offered you a drink, and. Like, it's this, um, it's this very sweaty looking businessman from the mainland (laughs) or from like up north, like a New York businessman. Uh, and he's real sweaty and he's talking to the bartender a lot. And he, what happens is he gives you a meaningful glance. Like he's been kind of ignoring you, but he gives you a meaningful glance and he gets up and like 
puts some money on the counter and says, buy one for my friend here as well. Gets up and leaves, and you notice that his briefcase is still on his stool. And you oh. recognize this as an old spy trick. Oh, yes. The most subtlest of spy tricks. Uh, I think Milo definitely immediately switches to top shelf alcohol, which at this particular bar probably has to be dusted off before it's poured. Yep. And he... Yep, for uh, sure. He takes a quick, a quick glance at the briefcase. Standard protocol is probably to make sure it's not some sort of double back trick with a bomb or something, and then decides he's not that valuable, and he just grabs it and uh, cracks it open. So it is a double back, but it is, but it's full of documents, not explosives. Oh, that's so good. So it was the right call <laughs> to check it, because um, you open it up. The main one is just full of like finance reports. Uh, but the double back, like, the secret back panel has an actual, uh, like, a tiny, like, it opens up to almost a movie screen, like a little, like a little projector screen, which tells you that you should probably take this somewhere you're not going to be noticed. Yeah, so that would normally make sense. Uh, but what Milo's gonna do is kind of turn it around to show the bartender, and he says, Hey, Mike, it looks like uh, that guy was a spy. That's crazy, right? And he's just gonna crank it up sitting in his seat. Yeah, crazy. So is, is this a distraction? Are you still not? All right, whatever. And the bartender <laughs> walks off. <laughs> And uh, the film reel starts playing, and it was your old dispatcher from from the from the spy days. So what I want to do right now is I want to lay out who this uh, who your old boss is, and I want to do that collaboratively. Okay. Here's what's important about this uh, about this character. He's your boss. He was kidnapped, and he's not an active spy. Like he's not going to be kicking ass and taking names. Okay. So I want to ask you. I think we'll both give uh, two major details about about this guy like who he is what he looks like you know quirks and features history the two of you share that kind of thing so why don't you go first all right so i'm gonna say that milo's former former boss is uh so older a little overweight and missing an arm missing an arm uh okay so i think that um Okay, yeah, I got it. I think he is, um, specifically probably played by, like, yesterday's action star. So in this case, he's played by, like, a John Wayne, like a Western star from the 50s. Oh, I love that. And that's kind of how he's got, well, he's got that kind of, like, old gunslinger physique. Where he's, like, a little overweight, but he still kind of looks like he could kick your ass. And it's definitely like a, oh my god, look, it's John Wayne! Yeah. <laughs> so he's got that very distinct kind of like, uh, looks like he would fit in in a gunfight. That's great. Can we also have it that even though he's in a spy movie this time, he's still wearing his signature cowboy hat? Oh, for sure. Yeah, he's got the he's got a three piece suit and a cowboy hat. Oh yeah, it's a for good sure. look. It's a good look. <laughs> and uh, I think my other thing I want to say is, I think he is, he was known for being bullish. He was known for being a war hawk. You know, like, he... Wet work came easily to him, and it was it was sort of where he went first. He was sort of a shoot... His his pol, his spy policies were shoot them all and let God sort them out. 
Yeah, that I think that works really well uh, because Milo and him probably didn't get along that well because Milo mm-hmm. was more of a a finesse guy. Like he'll 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 wet work if he has to, but he would usually go to extreme lengths to avoid uh, just going in the front door. Not because he necessarily values human life, but because he, uh, but because he's, um, it was harder that way, and he likes sure. to show off. Sure, sure, sure. He's got a little vanity. He wants to look cool. Oh, Who yeah. doesn't? <laughs> okay, good. I got a very clear... So, you get this message. It starts playing. Uh, he's wearing the cowboy hat. His vest is unbuttoned and his tie is, like, half off. He's real sweaty. He's kind of hunched over. And he says, uh, Fulton, I bet you're surprised to see this. Uh, but, uh, I gotta be honest with you. Desperate times. You know the saying. Yeah, that's uh, that's that one tattoo I've got on my bicep, Desperate Times. Right now you're probably making a joke about Desperate Times, despite the fact that this has been pre-recorded. I'll let you finish the joke. Anyway. Yeah. Aw, oh, man, he always gets me with that. I know I always get you with that. I know you pretty well. <laughs> so, here's the deal. I'm in a pickle, and I need the best, uh pickle puller outer that I can get a hold of and that's you. That's you, Fulton. But, here's the situation. I was meeting some contacts. I was meeting some uh, you know, some across the curtain types. We were doing a little bit of of negotiation exchanging uh, assets if you will. And, unfortunately uh, things went you know, the industry term is uh, shit hit the fan. So, I don't know who they are or what their plan is, but some, uh, some boy's done taking this airport that I'm in, and I need you to come in and get me out of it. Ideally, in a way that gets these, that gets these biker boys, whoever they are, they're a bunch of leather jacket and metal plate wearing who's a what's it's. I need you to pull me out. I trust you'll do this, uh, but if you're on the fence, Twice the normal payment. Nah, make it three times. Desperate times. I'm counting on you, kid. You do this, who knows? Maybe that record of yours gets wiped away a little bit. Over and out, buddy. And you know the deal. Self-destruct, five sec. What you get, you know. Standard protocol. So, uh, Milo grabs the briefcase and tosses it behind the bar as a distraction and then just books it down the beach because he's not he's not paying that tab that's like a two-month tab that that ship has sailed and And as uh, you're running as you're running like you're running you start running and and the camera kind of pans back and the bartender like kind of shields his face and starts like cowering and just like a small amount of smoke comes up (laughs) from the briefcase as it just kind of like burns up in a very like discreet and mundane effect and it's just like oh well that was underwhelm oh oh spies yeah underwhelming makes sense okay i guess that that checks out there's a reason i've been burned <laughs> <laughs> good all right so you've got your mission they gave you coordinates it is uh kingsbury airport kingsbury uh upstate new york 
What's your What's your plan of action? Where How are you? Do you are you going in solo? Or are you taking the direct route? Are you doing any prep work beforehand? What is Milo's game plan? So I think Milo probably uh, calls in a favor with some friends to get a jet to take him from Florida to New York, and also calls in some more favors and he's met on the tarmac by somebody with a big stack of files and mm-hmm. he's going to use the flight to research these uh biker who's what's it he's heard of the who's what's it's gang before yeah you're looking into this you 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 get the files i'm going to ask you for a skill roll right now okay i'm going to figure out exactly what skill i have geopolitics that would make that would work i'm Give not good that. at it I'm not good at it, but I got it. Give me that. I'm going to set the difficulty at 10. I'm going to set the difficulty at 10, and if you hit a 14 or better, you get really valuable information. Sweet. I got a so, 4 and a uh, 1 on the die. Yeah, so the way you're going to take that is you're going to take your 4, uh, which is your positive and which is your negative. I got my white die as my positive and my black die as my negative. All right, so uh, is your white die 4 or 1? It's the 4. Okay. So you're going to take your four, subtract one from your four, so you get a swerve of three. You're going to add that to your score, you're going to tell me the result, and you're going to compare that to the difficulty. All right, so that's a 15 in geopolitics. Oh, that's beautiful. Beautiful, beautiful, beautiful. So, I'm going to tell you what you need to know, and then I'm going to let you ask me, uh, will ask me two questions, and I okay. will answer them honestly. Okay. Uh, so here's the deal. If you're looking into this, you've got folders... Uh, about every crime syndicate, biker gang, drug cartel, money laundering scheme, pyramid scheme. If somebody's doing something illegal and and the spy game knows about it, you've got a file on them in front of you. You're reading about, you're looking at the pictures that uh, were included in the dossier that was given to you. These boys don't match any of this. Somehow this is a gang that has eluded the very thorough uh, eyes of the intelligence community. They look real just weird. Leather jackets with shoulder pads, like metal plated stitched on. You know, sunglass like mirrored sunglasses. Big, big, big sci-fi looking guns. They're a weird set. And they don't look especially organized. They kind of mm. look like they're just running roughshod. They, there's no, there's no like, uniform. You're not really... You, you see a patch on it, but it's not one that you recognize. And it's kind of in different places, different size. Looks like it's made out of different materials. This is like a kind of a ragtag bunch to, like, successfully capture and hold hostage in airports. Huh. Ask me two questions. All right. Um, what would Milo? I think is pretty interested in what. What would they stand to gain by kidnapping a spy master? There's a picture included in the dossier that is like rows of people, kind of sitting in like sci in like Star Wars manacles. Uh huh. You know, they're not, they're not mad, they're not the handcuffs that you've seen. They're not, these are not regulation handcuffs. And it just seems like they've, it seems less like they captured 
your boss, who I realize we haven't named, so his name is now uh, Tex Arcana. Uh, that's not Tex. Like, Tex is there. You see him in one of the discrete photos that one of, like, his agents has snapped. Which also tells you that, like, there are other... There's a number of spies on the scene, but you already knew that because Tex told you that he was meeting with his uh, Russian counterparts. Mm-hmm. His Soviet counterparts were also there. So there's there's us a, a contingent of spies on both sides hanging out at this airport. But you also see just ordinary people being held hostage, right? Like you see just random. It seems like they just took whoever was there and are holding whoever is there hostage. Hmm. But it also seems like they're the thing that like armed guards are standing around in these like clandestine photos are the gates are the plat are the terminals and the platforms and the gates it seems like they're more interested in holding the airport than they are about holding people and that the people are at best at best casual like casualties of circumstance at worst added collateral hmm Okay, so that would uh, then lead me to ask the question, do I know anything secret or underground about the, the what do we say, Newark Airport? Uh, the Kingsbury Airport. Kingsbury Airport, that's a it's, much it's better shot airport. At New- it's shot at Newark, but we call it <laughs> Kingsbury. Because, okay. Partially because Kingsbury has a dock that we have to shoot at one of the all- offhand sound stages. Uh-huh. So Kingsbury Airport is brand new. It is the the shining beacon of modern transport. They call it the uh, the gateway to tomorrow. It is this like pristine. It has it is an airport, but it also has like a ship like a a boatyard off of it. It's like connected to a shipping yard. It and it's got also it's can it's also got a train that runs through it which is us taking advantage of the Newark train station it honestly works out really well from a shooting perspective <laughs> um, but it is it is and they say it's like you know however you travel you can get to Kingsbury by train by plane by boat it's connected to everything interesting and so it is a logistical it could have a lot of logistical promise to an organization that was looking to maybe take hold of, like, smuggling goods or or sort of, like, hold bullet trains hostage. But that also seems like it would require a level of organization that you're not seeing. For Like, they don't seem to be, you know, a, I guess what I would say is if that was their goal, they would have announced it to the world by now. They've held on to it for a few days. And if that was their goal... But that seems to be, that would be the only reason you would capture this, right? To, as to the best of your knowledge. Yeah. Hmm. Well, I think Milo gets that information and kind of stores it away and then and then suits up in a, a flight suit with a parachute and uh, gets ready for his assault on this airport. Uh, yeah. Oh, it's definitely, oh, the, the, the flight suit and the parachute looks very cool, especially because I think. <laughs> If I may add a detail. Oh, of course. I think we you parachute in and partway through the parachute detaches and you're free falling and you open your arms and it's one of those wing suits. Oh, yeah. And so like you're parachuting and then you fall and then you glide into like onto like a helipad slash uh, like the ventilation ducts. And now yeah, you I- are in the upper levels of the airport. 
I think there's a, a quick snapshot of Milo taking his his futuristic wingsuit off and he's still wearing just like a mostly unbuttoned white dress shirt and slacks underneath. So Good. he yeah, he goes from tactical gear to comfy gear again real quick. Good. As he should. As he should. <laughs> We've Priorities. got the action figures made. We need we need the we need you to be wearing the outfit. Yeah. So uh I think Milo's plan is he's going to work top down and see how long he can go without this becoming a physical conflict and scope it out. Because his outfit, of course, is for the action figures, but also he may just look like a wandering, sure. sli- slightly sleazy hostage. Make me a uh, an intrusion roll. Let me okay. double check that that's the right skill that I want to use, but I'm, I'm pretty sure it is. Works for me. I have intrusion, so. Give me an intrusion roll. Uh, we're going to set the difficulty here. Because you look the way that you look, we're going to set it a little lower than we probably could. We're going to set it at about a 10. Okay. Uh, I got an 11. Good. Um, You are able to move around kind... You know, you're able to move around at least like the upper levels fairly seamlessly like we get a montage of you kind of like scoping the place out uh and you pass by maybe a few of these armed guards and you get your first really good look at them like i said they're all wearing you know one of them's wearing a a leather jacket with one sleeve and a metal shoulder pad another one's wearing a big long brown trench coat that has like patches like and some of them are uh iridescent or like color changing got a big like basically a Dragon Ball Z Saiyan uh, scouter on, like one of those big one-armed, one-eyed visors. Ooh. Uh, Another one is wearing a denim vest with spikes and this big, like a big version of the patch that you see on all of them in various sizes and shapes and materials. Big old patch on the back, neon piping, uh, Jordi LaForge visor, and they've all got big guns. Some of them, one of them's a, like a slug thrower shotgun. One of them is a big laser, like a big laser rifle. The kind that you've only seen in like the lab back when you were mm-hmm. in the game. And uh, one of them has this big, just this kind of long, weird looking revolvery pistol. Okay. But you kind of, you're, you see them, you get this good look at them and you start to get a good look at the airport and it's, it's weird. It doesn't match what was in the photos. I mean, it does. It, it looks like it did once, but like the decor just seems different. the The building just seems different. There are posters put up. There's spray paint on the walls. the 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 signs, the the mechanized signs that are saying where departures are coming in and leaving from, are digitized in a way that you've never really seen before. And it's all neon colors, green and blue and white, on, all on black background. And it just feels like the whole place is changing in a weird, in a way that you can't quite pinpoint. Does it? Does it? So it has all these shiny lights and everything. Does it also look kind of dirty, or is it? Yes, pristine still. Okay. Yeah, it's kind of got like papers are strewn about. There's this layer of dirt along the floor, the wall, and it looks like it could just be dust because, like, everybody's been on lockdown for a few days, but it just kind of feels grimy. 
I think we get a close-up shot of Milo, and he whips his sunglasses off and says, talk about your urban decay. And then Dang. we get a swipe cut as he runs off down the hallway. That's very good. <laughs> All right. So you're, you're scoping out the area. Do you have any, any questions you want to ask? Any other things you want to investigate before you start uh, digging in deeper? Um, I think... Hmm. I think if he could find, uh, if there is a group of hostages that are not with the whole big group, he would probably try to rescue a couple of them first to get more information and see if he could get some boots on the ground info. Yeah, I'll definitely let you make a skill check for that. Uh, let me see. That might be another, that might be another intrusion, I think. Okay. Yeah, let's call that another intrusion. All right. Let's see what happens. We got a and this is going to be a this is going to be a, a twelve. We'll, we'll we'll say you know what I was going to say fourteen, and I'm going to stick with that because I want to get to the fun part. I want to get to the fun thing and say that like you find a group of hostages. Uh huh. But there is a there are there's uh we'll put it. I'll say you're able to follow these three uh, very intimidating-looking uh, hostage takers, crib- like these three uh, like low-level soldiers. You're able to follow them to a group of hostages. Okay, but like it seems like it seems like you'll be able to get a hold of them, and you definitely recognize uh, one of the hostages here as a fellow as a fellow player in the game. Mm-hmm. So you'll be able to get some very good questions if you take these three mooks out. Okay, but I fail. I failed getting. I failed getting to them stealthily, didn't I? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's okay. going, you're not going to be able to. So yeah, you you weren't able to get like you're kind of trailing them, and you see the hostages, but then you see the three mooks turn the corner. So if you want to get to them, you're gonna have to like go through them. Go through the mooks. Okay. Um, with with the uh, in the interest of failing forward, I feel like Milo thinks that he was being stealthy, but they were just leading him somewhere where they had the advantage. Oh, that's good. I love that. So he he gets around the corner and he hears it silent. So he thinks uh, that they, they had gotten too far ahead and he turns around and they're all just aimed at him. Mm-hmm. And, and we get a shot of Milo just shirt blowing in the breeze of his momentum. And he goes, uh-oh. <laughs> Not Good. all his one-liners are gold, Jeff. <laughs> no, sometimes it's sometimes that's about what it is. Yep. Okay, so I guess I'm gonna fight these dudes. Do I reward? Do I do I give out fortune point dice? Is that what happens? Something thing I gotta look up. I know you start out with some, but I don't remember if I yeah. can give you additional. I don't know. I start with seven. I don't. I don't know if I'd be able to burn through all those if I tried, but. I'll give take a take a fortune point before we dive in for failing forward and for coming up with at least one very good spy one liner. Oh man, you you've started a dangerous precedent, Jeff. Nope, that's what the game is. That's where we're at. <laughs> so yeah, all right, we have begun combat. It's time to kick in some heads. All right. Uh, so what happens is yeah, they've got their guns pointed at you. There's three of them. One of them is sort of like squat and muscular. One of them is wearing a long trench coat with a with a scouter on and a laser rifle. And one of them has just an old school shotgun with a leather jacket and an art and a shoulder pad. 
and they've all kind of got their guns aimed at you. Uh, we're in a... We're in the gate area of, like, a major metropolitan airport, so any props or scene bits that you want to add to that related to that, feel free. Okay. Uh, so the first thing we're going to do is roll our... Uh, we're going to start our first sequence. Uh, fights in Feng Shui 2 are made up of sequences. Uh, we're going to roll our speed. You're going to roll a d6 and add your speed. That's going to determine right. the number of shots in the sequence that you get. I got a six, so that means my total is 13. All right. My speed is five, so I got a speed of 10. Let's see, 10, 7, and 7. Yours was 13? Mm-hmm. Great. Okay, so you ca- uh, you get to go first. Um, decide what you do. Most actions take three shots, with one exception. Because we are playing, because you are by yourself, because we are playing this with only one protagonist, uh, you have a special ability that's not on your character sheet that is automatically granted to you whenever you fight more than one mook at a time. Nice. So your attacks against mooks, instead of taking three shots, as is normally listed in the rules, your attack against mooks when there are more than one of them only take up one shot. Oh, man. Okay. So you go first to describe your first action. All right. Well, I had uh, one plan, but now that you've given me superpowers, Jeff, I'm going to do a different plan. Good. Good, good, um, good. All right. So I think the first thing that Milo's going to do, because somehow he's super comfortable when other people have the drop on him, is he's going to... I think the gate that they're next to is under construction. Okay, so it has perfect. a lot of signage, uh, signage and stuff up, and he's going to grab one of those sandwich boards and just throw it at the group of them Mm -hmm. and uh, just go action rolling towards them under the cover that he's created and try to uh, uppercut the the guy with the shotgun. Love it. So would that be... Yeah. So you're going to make your attack roll. Uh, That is your... You're going to roll your 2d6. You're going to subtract one from the other. You are going to add your martial arts to that roll, or your guns, right. depending on your martial arts or your guns, depending on whether you're shooting or striking. All right, we're gonna do martial arts this time. His guns right. in his back pocket. He forgot about it. Uh, he got a seventeen. Beautiful. Uh, describe how you take out this first mook. So I think the the sign kind of trips up the other two guys. And uh, we get the shot from the thug's perspective as he looks at the two guys who got hit with a sign and he looks back and Milo's right in front of him. And he says, this gate is closed. And he uppercuts him under the jaw. Good. Very good. <laughs> yeah. He uh, gets knocked. He just gets knocked out. Right. Like you take him out. Uh, it is you. You get to continue to go. The next guy is going to you have two more shots. Which means you can make two more attacks before they get to go. Great. So he's going to draw his Walter PPK because, of course, that's mm-hmm. his gun of choice. Of and course. He's, he's going to uh, try and kneecap the guy next to him and just really make sure that his hair is catching the sunlight through the grimy windows. Yeah. And he got a 15 plus one because I punched someone last time. So a 16. Down. Take him out. 
Yeah. So he he kneecaps the guy and then uh, just backhand pistol whips him. And we get a shot of a, a tooth in bullet time flying off screen, I think. And then, yeah. yeah. And then he'll he'll go after the last one. And he's going to, uh, he's going to just straight up karate kid. He's going to try to do a crane kick on this guy as he tries to, as the bad guy tries to bring a gun to point at him. Yep. Bringing down this big laser rifle. Oh, goodness. You. I hope this works. <laughs> Ooh, not so much. Um, oh, and I forgot I, to mention: have you, uh, if you, if you roll any sixes on either dice, they explode, and you keep rolling, and, t- and you keep rolling and adding them together. That's a really good, a really good thing you pointed out because I just got a negative ten on my bad dice, so that's gonna be a five plus one, so I got a six on this last guy. Great, good, um, yeah. So you go for the crane kick, and before you can even act. Let's see, hold on, I think you get one, yeah, before you can act, uh, what happens is you go for the crane kick and he swats your leg away so you kind of spin around and rifle butts you in the back of the head so you kind of fall flat on your face. And then he (laughs) he cocks the gun and takes aim at you. What's your next move? What's your next attack? So the next attack, I think he was he was going for showy. He knew there was a, a spy in this group and he was trying to build some rapport there to make later easier. And he just mm-hmm. kind of rolls his eyes and clutches at the back of the head and just shoots the guy uh, from the ground without getting up. Good. Excellent. Roll your guns. Roll your guns. And add plus one because you've used you use martial arts on your last attack. So I got a plus seven on my good die. So that's a 22. Dang. Okay. Uh, <laughs> you you take out the mook. Describe how you take out the mook. And then because you rolled so high, describe what else, you, what other advantage you get. So I think, um, so we, we have the shot from kind of over the shoulder of the mook and the laser charging up and we just see a bullet hole in the back of his chest and the guy slumps down and the camera refocuses on Milo who's on the ground. And he, Mm -hmm. he's managed to turn this into a kind of a tableau. He's reclining and the gun smoke is going up and he says, pardon me for not getting up. And he holsters his gun. And I think the bonus thing he gets is he's able to pull a chunk off of this laser rifle that looks unstable that he could maybe Mm -hmm. throw at someone later for. Oh, I love it. I love explosions. Take, I love that you didn't just take the rifle. I love no, that you specifically I- <laughs> took the more ridiculous option. Uh, Milo looks at it for a second and goes, this looks complicated, and just pulls the glowing bits out of it and puts that in his pocket. Good. Beautiful. Uh, so you freed about a half a dozen hostages at this gate, including, and we're going to make, we're going we're gonna to do like kind of like what we did for Tex and build uh, a character out for this uh this woman that was in the spy game when you were in the spy game. Uh, I think, so we'll each go back and forth and give two details. I think the detail I want to give is she was, she is your counterpart in a lot of ways, both in that she was working for the Soviets and that she's subsequently been burned and just working for the highest bidder. Yeah, that's And much like Black Widow, she has that, she doesn't have an accent because I'm not going to try and do that accent. (laughs) Maybe it only comes out 
really poorly when she's very emotional. So we'll we'll yes, give it like one that. try later. Yep, I love that. Okay. Um I think that she has a hammer and sickle tattoo on one of her shoulder blades that mm-hmm. is heat sensitive ink, so it only shows up when she's like fighting and her body temperature is up. That's good. Uh, that's very cool. Uh, and I think uh, the other detail I want to add is she, I think she, her specialty was uh, because she, you know, because Tex was here to negotiate basically like asset retrieval, her specialty was that, and the reason that she's here, even though she's no longer like with the Soviets, is her specialty is networking. She knows she knows everyone and every and knows who everyone knows, right? Like she is connected to every social circle. So like they burned her for some reason or another, but they also but or maybe she even just quit because she realized she could make a better profit forcing them to pay her independently rather than continue rather than stay like getting a a payer like a loyal like an agent salary. Okay. I think uh, with that information, her being in the airport would be a pretty big surprise because Milo probably got his portfolios through her organization. Mm, so I love that. Yeah. So he he is stunned to see her. We probably get the over the sunglasses, open jawed look as she walks up to him, which is especially uh, impressive since he threw his sunglasses earlier. But they're back. Mm hmm. Right. And last but not least, we'll say her name is uh, Anna Trevitzola. Anna Trevitzola. Anna, Anna like approaches you, kind of like looks at the right, looks at like the thing in your hand for a while and just says, you know, you could have just taken the rifle. It's the thing about guns is they don't really, the technology hasn't really changed. We you sort of still point and click. Oh, I know you were always getting on me, Anna, for leaving things hanging out. Let me just put that away. And he he tucks it into his back pocket, which apparently can hold all sorts of things. For sure. You're, you're a spy. Spies <laughs> yeah. have big pockets. Big pockets. Not as deep as Uncle Sam. Yeah, oh. that's right. That's right. This movie just got political, everybody. <laughs> uh, so when yeah. will we end this senseless violence? Also, let's shoot some people. So... The two of you kind of, like, duck into, the two of you duck into, like, uh, an employee break room that is covered in graffiti and newspapers, but not newspapers that you recognize. Like, you're looking, like, they are immediately, the headlines and stuff are weird, and if you make a detective role, you can learn more from them. But But, like, the two of you are just, like, chatting for now. All right. Um, he probably leaves the leaves the newspapers alone at first. I would say the one of the bigger things that Milo notices that something is off is he doesn't recognize any of the snacks in the snack machine. Um, and he, but he he looks at Anna and says, "Man, they they really set about changing this place. I thought it was brand new. This this does not look brand new." You don't know the half of it. You wouldn't, and you wouldn't believe me if I told you. You know, 
I Anna, we've we've known each other for a long time. I could I could believe a lot of things. I wouldn't have thought you could out uh you could have out drank those power lifters, but I still owed you that hundred dollars. Owed? You still owe me that hundred dollars. Yeah, uh I do recall throwing an exploding briefcase and running away when I lost that bet. That yes, yes. We I th- I believe we both remember that. And she kinda like taps a scar on her face. <laughs> I believe we both remember that very well. Well, what if I rescue you from some hostage takers and we call it even? Oh wait, I just did that. I was working on it, you know. I was I was I was close. It's called going undercover. Maybe you could learn a thing or two. I'm get, we're not do we're not doing this right now. We're not doing this. I'm not getting into this. So Here's the deal. This just sort of happened. This just sort of happened. Huh. They didn't when they showed up, when these when these weirdos showed up a few days ago, they took the gates, they held them, they locked them down, and then this just sort of happened. Couldn't tell you when. It felt like it was in a blink of an eye, like I turned a corner and suddenly everything was spray painted with damn the man. But it just sort of it 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 felt like the place itself just changed. Like it just became theirs and everything about it took that on. And I don't know what that means, but I know they're holding it. And I've heard them talking about something. Reinforcements. And that doesn't sound great. <sighs> I think, uh, so Milo runs his hands through his beautiful 70s hair and shakes it out. Yep. And he, he looks Anna deep in the eyes and says, well, the good news is I'm not a mystery solver. I extract people. And my job is to, to extract people. So yep. good job. Great job yeah, on that one. Yeah. Yeah. Thanks. Uh, the, the job description here was to get to Texarkana and get him out. I need to know where he is. Well, that's the problem. If that's your job, that's a problem. And she brings you over to, like, a, a small monitor that has been, like, wires are hanging from it, and it's tied into this big, like, whirling disc 70s mainframe computer. <laughs> that's convenient. One of them hacked this up. They're all over the place. It's how they're watching the airport. They already had closed circuit TVs. They just added wires and neon lights to it. It seems to just be their thing. So they've created some sort of network that allows them to see things. Amazing. Right? It's it's fine. You're you're doing great, buddy. <laughs> and and she turns on she turns on the monitor, and Tex is. You see, you see two people. You see, uh, in an army jacket and with slick back hair, a met, a chrome jaw and like neon pink sunglasses. Somebody sitting, sitting in an office chair and just spinning as people stand, as two, as two guards stand around him, like carefully watching. She, uh, Anna turns to you. I know it doesn't look like it, but that's the guy in charge. And and she gestures a little bit to the left, which is where you see... 
how to explain this? A robot gorilla? <laughs> and that's his bodyguard. Well, uh, I didn't know the zoo had gotten so desperate for tourists that they're getting all robotic, but I'm sure it'll be, it'll be fine. Yeah, I'm sure it'll be great. Have fun. Here's Tex. And, oh, and the last thing you see is Tex on his knees in binders in front, in front of swirling chair man. Tex pretty bruised and beaten up. And Anna says, you know, Tex, he, after sending you that message, he saw an opportunity and he went for it. You know, shoot first and ask questions later. And they beat the tar out of him and have him chained up there and are holding him as, as they call it, ransom until uh, backup gets here. Hmm. Leave it to Tex. When, when he sent me the message, he wasn't beat up. So he asked for help and then immediately decided he had no confidence in me and tried to do it himself. Yeah, that, this is why we have a strained professional relationship, Anna. Could you believe this? You know what? <sighs> okay, look, I don't like you. Like, like, I'm not, we obviously, like, we don't get along. But Tex is ridiculous. Right? What? How is that cowboy hat subtle? You just, how do you just wear a cowboy hat and think it looks natural? You know, I asked him once when we were at a bar, and all he would say is that people only looked at the hat and they wouldn't remember his face. But the thing is, he never takes the hat off. So if they see the hat, they still know it's him. Uh, we had this conversation. But he's conversation. also got, like... He's also got a really distinctive face. Like, he's just, he's, he, yeah, he's got one of those faces that you remember. Well, and that mustache. Right? He has a mu- Yeah, oh my, I, I, I would much rather be working with you than Tex. I'll put it, I'll leave it at that. Uh, Milo gets a faraway look at his eyes, and we get a close-up, and the music gets more dramatic, and he says, I'd much rather be working with me, too. Yes, I'm sure you would. <laughs> All right, and so uh, give me a detective role to, like, look at the newspapers. I'll tell you what you notice about them immediately, but I want to see what else you know about them. What I'll Problem. say is, uh, if you get a 10, you can ask me one question, 14, 2, 18, 3, etc., etc. All right, so I'm going to spend a fortune die on this because right. Milo, a detective, is not. And we'll we'll see what happens. Okay, six plus seven, so thirteen. Thirteen. All right. Ask me. Uh, so what you what you see immediately? These are weird newspapers. Partially because this has to be a prank. Like this has to be a prank, right? <laughs> Who made newspapers for twenty years in the future? Who made newspapers for thirty years in the future? What? This newspaper says it's from 2008. That's like 40 years from now. <laughs> 30 years from now. That's from 30 years from now. This says that they're making an eighth Star Wars in 2017? How are you going to make eight Star Wars movies? They just made the one. That's ridiculous. <laughs> it, it stands on its own. It doesn't need sequels. 
right? It's it told a complete story. <laughs> so yeah, these are these are covered in events that don't seem to have happened, you know, and and like pictures that are weird and you see styles rapidly evolving and things just get really like harsh and dark and like really rough and in the end then you start seeing newspapers from like 2020 and everyone is dressed kind of like the mooks from earlier in vests and laser guns and then you just see pictures of devastation right like a big in in the grand tradition of movies about time travel you see a big newspaper that just says the end and there's a big <laughs> like an atom bomb explosion at like 2022 <laughs> Uh oh. Okay. I think while Milo's flipping through this, he definitely finds one of the earlier ones and tears out the page with the horse racing and t- tucks that into his pants just in case. Perfect. Yep. Yep. Exactly right. Yeah. And uh, probably before that scene ends, he again looks straight into the camera and says, Well, it looks like the future isn't so perfect. So. Uh, ask me two questions as you're as you're sort of looking. What do you want to know? Okay, so um, I would like to see if any of the far future newspapers mention anything about chrome-plated, pink-sunglassed gang members. That seems maybe yes. I can learn a little about um, them. Yes, actually, one very close to the very close to uh, the bot, like the uh, the end. There is, uh, you see, who is undeniably who this, uh, this guy was. He doesn't have the chrome jaw, he doesn't have the chrome arm, he's, he, he's younger, still in the same jacket, still with the same hair, and it says, Simon Vex, that's Simon, C-Y-M-O-N, because it's the future. Ooh. Uh, it says, uh, Simon Vex, high-ranking military official arrested for, uh... Arrested for sabotage. Arre- you know, uh, court-martialed and arrested. Grand jury hearing is tomorrow. And scribbled on pens, it just says, they set me up. The architects set me up. Hmm. Okay. Um, it's kind of in the same vein, but man, I gotta find out more about this robot gorilla. If there's anything in there. There's actually a full-page ad that just says... Gorillon, the gorilla of the future. And it's just like a big picture of this gorilla. And it's like, well, that was kind of a weird invention. I don't really know what 2012 was thinking, but they were really into robot gorillas, apparently. Well, perfect. (laughs) Your question has been answered. Yep, so it has. That's everything I needed to know. So what's your game plan from here? So... Um, so, Anna, do you know where these cameras are pointed? And she looks around, she kind of, like, leans out the door, she she looks around, there's no cameras in this room, but she kind of points, and there's, there's, like, four cameras on every gate, all kind of pointed to the center of the room, and, but they're all, actually, no, they're not pointed at the center of the room, they're all pointed at, like, the, the entrances of the gate. And okay. she's like, they just seem to be watching... I get the vibe 
that they don't know where their reinforcements are coming in, and they're just trying to keep an eye out for them. But what I can also tell you, and she points at one of the departure boards, and it's just like a neon clock ticking down, and it says like 10 minutes. Or like Uh-oh. half, like an hour. We'll say an hour, so you've got okay. a little bit of time to play around. Okay. Um, That's been ticking down for two days. Well, sure wish Tex had told me about this suitor, but that's that's fine. Uh, Anna, I think that we're going to have to rekindle that old flame. And he there was never an old flame. Well, there there could. I thought there was. I they're def. I'm just I'm just putting that forward. There definitely wasn't. What about that time in Myanmar? Yeah, professional courtesy. Hey, it was a pretty, pretty courteous professionally, but that I need you to set I, a fire as a distraction. That's what I was trying to say. Okay, but I also bought us, I bought us burgers. Like it wasn't. <laughs> I I don't want you thinking this was more than it was. We you know, were, we were on a stakeout. I brought burgers. I said, "Hey, don't read anything into this." I brought burgers. I guess maybe in the mists of time, I remembered that as something different. They were That's really fine. good burgers, though. They were good. They they really were good. I got I'll tell you. I'll tell you like the burger place after that. They're really great. The owner is just. She's just the nicest woman. Oh, she. You know, it's it's really funny because like you wouldn't think that the best burgers are in Myanmar, but like I'm sorry, I'm getting I'm getting ahead of myself. I'm getting ahead of myself. I think we get a shot of Anna's back because she's probably wearing like a strapless dress because yep. of course she is, and we sure. can see as she talks about the burgers, her tattoo started to show up because they're that good. And as soon as she good. starts talking again about Milo, it is like cold dead. <laughs> <laughs> Well, all right. So uh, normally I'm the one getting distracted, especially about food. But right now, I think we need to get everyone out of here as fast as possible. And I would right. really appreciate your help with the distraction. Distractions are my specialty. I've got um, about like 14 contacts. You give me the word. We can start uh, causing some trouble. We can't. Uh, I can't promise you much, but I can get you into the room with Simon and the gorilla. That's that's all I need. All right. And so um talk me through I want to let's talk through. Let's skip to the big climax because I want to skip to the really fun part. Yeah. Uh but I also want to talk through what is uh what does the distraction look like? So since we have professional spy contacts, originally I just wanted a trash can fire, but that's boring. So I want like an airstrike on one of the outer gates. That's good. <laughs> No, that's very good. But also, it's worth pointing out, there are like six trash can fires. Like, they're kind of just around. That's probably the part Milo did. Well, they already were. He probably just put them close together, hoping (laughs) to set off a fire alarm. (laughs) He was like, "Uh, ugh. And like, to his his credit, it did, but no one's paying attention to it. Yeah. Oh, but that's going to make it more fun later, because now there are fire trucks on the way. Good detail. (laughs) (laughs) Ha ha. All right, so an airstrike, the airstrike goes off, and... Uh, what happens is the second it goes off, all hell breaks loose. The dozen or so spies that have been, like, just kind of waiting, not really sure when to act. We get a montage of, like, whispered notes and, like, people whispering in ears. And they just start, like, a fight scene breaks out. Like, there's just dozens of martial arts fights all breaking out. 
the second like one of the gates, like one of the runways blows up. We get a lot of cameos of different spy movie and action movie stars. They are all were quote unquote hostages. So yeah, 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 the, yeah, yeah. The studio could only afford like twenty seconds of them a piece, but they spent a big chunk of their budget on. Oh, that. that's and that's the whole trailer, right? Is like <laughs> is just like all the different cameos of all this fight scene and people watching it in the audience are just like, really? That's all the James Bond we're getting. That kind of <laughs> that's disappointing. I kind of figured we were going to get a whole Lupin the Third sequence, but he's only kind of there for like one shot and then Jigen <laughs> shoots a guy and they run off. It's kind of disappointing, if I'm being honest. <laughs> you get the back of a bodybuilder who kind of looks like Arnold Schwarzenegger throwing someone through a window. Yep. 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 <laughs> yes, indeed. So, uh, all right. So let's set the stage for the big final battle. It is uh, you... A robot gorilla and this cyborg. It is a big, uh, the clock is now at 10 minutes. Okay. Like, it's time is at, time is of the essence. Uh, we'll make it one minute because, like, I kind of just want in the middle of this fight for the thing, the big thing to happen. Yeah, I think that's good. So it's one minute on the clock. You've, you've made your way through. Tell me three cool things you've done before now. Um, so I think he definitely, a, a mook snuck up behind him and had, and had him held up with his hands up and he managed to dodge the shot and hit the guy with his own gun, knocking him out. That's cool. That's awesome. And I think he also probably high-fived, uh, someone who looks like Bruce Willis. Yep. yep, Walking in. And then. No shoes. Beat up tank top. He just. That guy walks by and just says, ho, 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 for no reason. I, and, and I think the two of off. you just kind of like lock eyes and shrug like it's been a long day. <laughs> and then the other cool thing, I think he walks into this main room with the uh, robot gorilla and the scary jaw man and just kind of wades through a crowd of the spies all fleeing and there's smoke and fire behind him and he just walks in very nonchalantly and tosses his sunglasses off to the side. Perfect. Good. Great. Okay. So, um, yeah. The gorilla kind of, like, rushes you. Simon Vex sits back in his chair, points his gun at Tex, and just says, like, I don't gotta lift a finger, because, frankly speaking, if you get through the gorilla, if you get through gorilla on the gorilla of tomorrow... then I'll just kill your friend and kill you. Like, this isn't really, this isn't really a threat for me. And besides, I only got like a minute, so it's probably fine. And the gorilla rushes you and we begin our final combat. Oh boy. Uh, give me your initiative roll. It's 1d6, right? 1d6 plus your speed. I got a 12. There it is. Uh, speed, I get... An 11. Now, you do not get your ability, so your attacks take three shots each, but you do go first. I love that this game has stats for a robot gorilla in it. Yes, it's just in the book. <laughs> I wasn't going to use it originally. Like, I, I didn't have... I was just going to have you fight fight Simon, and then I saw there's a thing that just says Cyber Ape, and I was like, okay, yeah. <laughs> How could you resist? 
All right. So I think the the first shot of this fight is the gorillas charging full out towards Milo, and we get this this cool slow motion of shot of Milo walking towards Gorillon and cracks his neck and just winds up and just throws a punch straight into its face as they get within striking distance of each other. Yep. Good. Perfect. Give me that martial arts roll. Ooh, I got a 12. So you're going to take that minus uh, the cyber ape's defense, which is toughness of seven. So your damage plus your smackdown. So that is 12. That is, uh, what is that? Nine, seven plus your smackdown is... Uh, zero, so a straight seven, so you'll do one wound. Nice. So you punch him. Uh, yeah, Milo certainly shakes out his hand, and he's got masculine bleeding knuckles now, having punched a robot. Got it. Okay, yeah. You punch, you punch it. It, uh, it kind of, like, reels back. And it's going to open up, its chest opens up, and a machine gun comes out, which seems Uh-oh. like a weird thing to put on on a, on the, the, on the gorilla of tomorrow, but hey, it's the future, right? Yeah, you know, it's for pest control. Yeah. But, does a nine pass your defense? It does not. Alright, it sprays wildly as it tries to, like, Take as it tries to to control this bait. What is essentially a mini gun on its chest, and so it is now your you're back up. You're back. We're back on the shot clock of nine, which means it is your shot. So Milo dove behind a pile of crates, uh, which of course will protect you from a mini gun, and sure. he he pops up and he says, "All right, Bubbles, it's time to get serious." And he takes a shot at him with his. Walter PPK. All right. Give me that. Give me that. uh, Give me that guns roll. Ooh, that is a 10. 10 does not pass Gorilon's defense. Uh, That drops you down to shot of six. Uh, Gorilon's going to take a shot at you. Does a 13 pass your defense? Nope. Okay. Yeah. Um, So that drops him back down to five. Take your next, take your next attack. <laughs> so I think... The two of you are just spray. He's just spraying wildly. Uh, I think the boxes you're behind are eviscerated. They're just scrap. <laughs> I, uh, I think Milo stands up amidst the hail of bullets and says, um, enough of these pea shooters. And he goes running towards the gorilla of the future, the gorilla of tomorrow, and he tosses the power source from the future rifle mm-hmm. uh, at the gorilla trying to get it into its chest cavity. Okay, give me a martial arts roll. Uh, take your plus one. If you succeed, you blow up the gorilla. Sweet. Um, can I roll? Can I spend a fortune die you after can. I've rolled? All yes, right, I'm sure. going to do that. Because that did not go great. great. Okay, that's much better. So that's a 16. Yeah, yeah, it blows up. It's, you know, it blows up, but, like, that marks the end of the sequence, and so then a big thing happens. As you stare down Simon Vex, uh, monitors light up all around you as you see... 
hover cars, like Blade Runner style hover cars, landing at one of the gates, and dozens more of these uh, futuristic cyber hack, like cyber runners, jumping off of cars and running for the gates. Simon oh. just smiles and says, "Like reinforcements are here. What do you mm. do?" Well, let's see. I think uh, there's a payphone on the wall because this is an airport. Yeah. And Milo, like, looks up at one of the cameras that he's sure that Anna is looking at. And he says, if you could just uh, give me one second there, Simon. And he walks over to the payphone and picks it yeah, up. Okay. And just, like, That's weird, but okay, sure. I, I think he just starts, like, pounding on the nine button over and over again, which is a secret spy signal to do the secret next stage of the plan that we totally had thought sure, out we get already. A flashback. We get a flashback to where we lay all <laughs> of this out. Yeah. So, uh, Anna, if these reinforcements are coming, I mean, I could take them on myself, but I think that would, it would really help to extend hands over the iron curtain. If we did this jointly. And she kind of rolls her eyes and says, I will take care of the guys for you. So you can fight the boss and look cool. I got it. And and you don't think we have a connection. You reading my mind. And so yeah, the fight scene spills out under the gates. There are spies fighting hackers, shadow runners getting beat up by Stallone lookalikes. It's very cool. And now <laughs> you're face to face, you're face to face with the $10,000 man. <laughs> um Milo looks straight into his pink sunglasses. And we get one of those infinite mirrors facing each other things because he's wearing his sunglasses again, even though he threw them away. And you can see them reflected in each other's eyes. And he says, you're just lucky she turned down my at my request for another airstrike. And he gets ready to fight. Okay. Uh, roll me your initiative. All right. I got a 12 again. Milo's fast. Oh, but he's, oh, but Vex is faster. Vex got Uh-oh. a 13. Oh, boy. Uh, I think he, um, his hand, like, he opens up his hand and it starts spinning. And he comes at you with his buzzsaw hand. <laughs> and that's not great. That's a 12. He misses. Yeah, but it looks so cool. It uh, looks extremely I think, cool. I think he shears off. A little strand of Milo's hair as he dodges out of the way. Yep, Milo, you're up. Um, really? We're gonna do this man-to-man, Metal Mouth, and he does a spinning back kick to his jaw. Alright, give me that roll. Yeah. Uh, I think as this is happening, Tex is, like, climbing to his feet and, like, fiddling with the binders, and at the end of this sequence, he will free himself. Uh, and then, like, the, the fight will escalate. Well, uh... Simon is obviously very capable because I exploded the negative dice three times and got a negative five. Good. Okay. Uh, so what <laughs> I'm going to say then is that uh, I actually am going to call this fight early. Okay. I think it's more interesting if he's got you at gunpoint. And because and because this is the this is like the end and we know you're going to win. I'm going to ask you up front. He's got you. He's got you point blank. You are surrounded. 
you are surrounded. R- laser rifles, shotguns, slug throwers, everything. Impossible odds. How do you get out of it? What's what's the ace up your sleeve? I think the ace up Milo's sleeve is that he's also from the future. What? And, and his eyes glow red and lasers start to shoot everywhere and he grabs tech or Tex and rocket boosts out of the roof. What? <laughs> what a twist. Yeah. So um, now we have to go into deep flashbacks. Yeah. So, uh, so this is this has disarmed me. I did not think I, that was not the suggestion <laughs> I expected. Uh, but I love it and I want to roll with it. Yeah. Uh, so, huh? Okay. Sorry, not sorry, Jeff. No, it's good. That's a good <laughs> ending. I totally did. That was very fun. A very feng shui ending. Um. So yeah. I, I have one I could buy a second. I think we get a flashback to the burger scene with uh, Milo and Anna. Mm-hmm. And uh, she walks around the corner from the alley that they're staked out in to go get the burgers. And he his hand like unfolds into a rifle with a scope on it. And he's looking at their target. And then she starts to come back around the corner. He quick snaps back to normal. Oh, and I bet I bet we do get a shot. We do get a shot that undercuts all of all of the all of her talk of the two of you not having a connection because ten years earlier when you were being built we see like a young a young lab assistant, Anna, is standing there in, as part of a multinational group to build to build the the human of tomorrow. <laughs> There's there's a voiceover of a Russian scientist uh, from off screen that says, you will always have a special connection. He as your creation and you as creator. And she says, wouldn't it be cooler if it was a gorilla, though? Like, think, <laughs> just think about it. Wouldn't it be cooler if it was a gorilla? You, you know, that is a, a fair point. We will we will begin gorilla research immediately. And we flash back to the presence and the two of you are having a giant robot fight. There is, yeah, and uh, what is the closing exchange? What does the final blow look like? What does your big triumph look like? I think, uh, hmm, I think that there's a lot of extraneous fires and extras laying around, and Simon and Milo have each other gripped in both hands, and Milo says, all right, headgear, it's time to take the teeth out of this dog. And he rips his jaw plate free. Good. And it's not yep. its not gross. There's just like a very obvious like blank prosthetic there. Yep. And then he smacks him over the head with it, which causes him to stagger. And then he punches through his chest. Perfect. Uh, Cali Ma style. And that's and, pretty and that's pretty gross. But like we've been kind of light on the blood until now to save up for that good PG-13 rating. Yeah, so and, and of, you know, some of the gore is like wires and stuff. So. Yeah, it's we, we made him a robot so we could do that to him pretty specifically. <laughs> oh, that's really good. OK, yeah. So then then uh, we get we get shots of like a few more airstrikes. The military takes. So we flash back to it like a, we cut forward to about a day later. How do you look different now that you understand now that you know your true robotic heritage and you've come to grips with it? 
Um, I think that the sunglasses are still on, but he's where his his open button down is now like really shiny, future seventies chic, mm-hmm. and uh, he's he's cut his hair a lot shorter, so now it's like a a fade kind of military cut. I love it. Uh, yeah, and you're standing around, Anna's there with you, and she's like, well, you know now, um, I suppose you have a place in our organization, uh, independent from the military, you will never answer to anyone that you don't want to ever again, you don't have to take it, but the offer's yours, and the crowd, you look through the crowd, and she's gone, and Tex just quietly looks at you and surrounds us. I was sworn to secrecy. You you couldn't have known what you were truly capable of. Were it me, I'd have, I'd have wiped your mind all over again, but uh, we've already done it about six times. It didn't seem right. Uh, Milo had been in the process of, like, popping popcorn into his mouth, just looking nonchalant, and he stops mid-chew at that. Huh, I wonder how old I am. <laughs> And at that point, you look through the crowd, and Tex is gone. I gotta get better at that disappearing into the crowd thing. That's that's a really cool move. And then, last but not least, uh, last but not least, you see one, uh, we get one closing shot. Because it is feng shui. And that is, uh... There's a calamity, right? Like, you hear a crowd screaming, and you look at the dock... And dragon-shaped warships have docked at the shipyard. And, like, archers and sorcerers are hopping off and, like, rushing at the airline gates. (laughs) And we just get Milo's face in very, like, here we go again. And then credits roll. Wait, I've got a a one-liner, Jeff. I've got a one-liner. Hit me. So, he was... Well, it looks like my ship's come in. And he bursts into robotic uh, robot ah. arms and lasers and goes flying at them. Perfect. And we credits roll, and that is feng shui, too. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man, that was fun. That was a lot of fun. I really enjoyed that. Yeah. Nick, thank you so much for going to Party of One. That was a blast. Yeah, absolutely. Thanks for having me. So, uh, real quick before we wrap up, where can people find you and your work online? Yeah, so um, on Twitter and Instagram, the podcast is tabletop underscore squad. That's anything if you want to find out about the podcast. We actually post recipes for food and drinks that we've mentioned in the show every other week. So just an extra thing there. And then you can find me on Twitter at alias58. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for coming on the show. This was a blast. And I am going to throw it over to me in the future so that he can wrap up with the show. Take it, future me. Thanks, past me, and thanks again to Nick for coming onto the show. That game was great. That game was so much fun. Be sure to check out Tabletop Squadron. Not only do you get a fun Star Wars actual play, you also get some fun Star Wars themed recipes on the way. What's not to love? Check that out at tabletopsquadron.com. You can also follow Tabletop Squadron on Twitter at tabletop underscore squad, and follow Nick on Twitter at alias58. Then while you're on Twitter, follow this show at Party of One Pod, then like the show at facebook.com slash Party of One podcast. Join our Discord at bit.ly slash Party of One Discord to talk about the show, professional wrestling, role-playing games, all the stuff that I want to talk about. It's great. 
If you enjoyed the show, consider leaving us a nice iTunes review, a social media shout-out, or a word-of-mouth recommendation to a friend. Any of those things help new listeners find the show, which helps us grow larger and do bigger, better, and cooler things. You can also consider backing our Patreon at patreon.com slash partyofonepodcast. Patreon backers get access to bonus materials, mini-podcasts, and interviews. And Patreon dollars help pay for equipment fees, hosting costs, all the other little expenses, websites, and cool stuff like that. All the stuff that keeps the lights on, basically. That's patreon.com slash partyofonepodcast. If you listen to this show and you thought, man, I really wish I had 45 minutes to an hour more of Jeff Stormer a week, well, then you should check out All My Fantasy Children and get exactly that. All My Fantasy Children is a character creation, storytelling, and world-building podcast powered by you. Every week, my best friend Aaron Catano Saez and I take a listener-submitted prompt and spin them into a fantasy character, populating a shared universe one story at a time. New episodes drop every Friday at allmyfantasychildren.com. Party of One is produced and edited, as always, by Jeff Stormer and Jen Frank. All music for the show comes from the song Infinite Lives by Mega Rain, featuring the D&D Sluggers. If you're interested in coming on to the show, whether you are a podcaster, game designer, professional wrestler, comedian, actor, writer, musician, kaiju financial guru, or you just love a good role-playing game, shoot me an email at partyofonepodcast at gmail.com. And that's it for me. Until next time, thank you so much for listening. Remember to fight the forces of fascism every single day. Remember that self-love and self-care are radical and defying acts of resistance. And as always, party on, everybody.